You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the grateful dead live dead in the room i have rob hey man grady and ben how's it going live dead is the first official live album released by the san francisco based rock band the grateful dead recorded over a series of concerts in the early 1969 and released later the same year the producer was the grateful dead bob matthews betty cantor and the genre is psychedelic rock and jam rock and from the book jim harrington The Grateful Dead's first three studio albums never quite managed to capture what the kids were experiencing at places like the Fillmore West. Thankfully, the band was able to extend a proper invitation for the rest of the world to, quote, get on the bus with Live Dead. The concert album represented a watershed moment in pop history, especially for those who had not spent time in Haight-Ashbury. Live Dead contained just seven songs on two albums. Dark Star, the all-time favorite tune among Deadheads, was set to wax for the first time here and was seldom been played better. The music swirls, bubbles, and seemingly loses direction countless times before erupting in Coltrane-worthy epiphanies. The Grateful Dead flesh out the skeleton version of St. Stephen and then dive straight ahead into an epic rendition of The Eleven. While many critics view the twin releases from 1970s Working Man's Dead and American Beauty as the Dead's peak records, This first live album may well rank as the band's most influential work, released well before tape trading was common practice. Live Dead would fully illustrate the power of long, improvised music and provide the blueprint for jam bands well into the 21st century. All right, what do we think of Live Dead? It would certainly do that, provide that sort of a blueprint. That's Uh, why, yeah, I wanted to read that because this is a pretty good review of of where this album is at. I mean, so it's, it's a, like Patient Zero. It's amazingly kind of, yeah. high praise. I would Robert say so. Kreisgau, A+. Plus, oh, you know. I don't want to talk about fucking Kreisgau. That that rat fuck is <laughs> well, out of his goddamn mind with these reviews. Well, I, I, when, would, I would agree. When, when we get to Isaac Hayes, we can talk about fucking Kreisgau again. <laughs> that piece Let's. of shit. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, it's not, I like... Tell me, tell me, Grady, tell me about... I like Im- Im- improvisatory music. I love jazz. I like... 
a lot of even jammier stuff. I I, I used to like it a lot more. Sorry, like, ladies, he's engaged. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, but but there's even so, still some like some fish stuff, and I, I I enjoy, but this just seems so so aimless most of the time. Okay. Rud- rudimentary. Well, yeah, I mean, not even talking about the song structures. I, I thought sort of just that sing-songy, derivative, bouncy. There's, a, like, one groove that this sort of music always just resorts to. It's just, it's this little hopping, lilting, lilting thing yeah. that it just, it's insufferable after, you know, a minute of it. And they all do it. After 40, 50 years of it, it just, it, I, I wish, Working Man's Dead is not on this list, and that's a phenomenal album. Uh, and I'm, is that what Touch of Grey's on? But no. We, no. <laughs> that it's in, 20 years in the dark. Because that, uh, that song rips. That song does that's rip. That's rip. <laughs> no, uh, Working Man's Dead, it's like Uncle John's Band and Casey Jones. Oh. And, um, yeah. And we'll get to Ama- American Beauty. So th- for, American Beauty is on this, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So let's focus more on Live Dead, I would say, for this. Sure. Like, their sort of live ish. Because I think the Dead have two distinct uh, elements to the band. I mean, they have more than that, obviously. But... There are their studio recordings, and there is the like live show and mm-hmm. the live records and stuff. The live show and the live records seems to be the fan favorite. Yes, the it's experience. not my favorite. No, at all, not mine. And I never went to a dead show. No, as a kid, and I didn't smoke weed until I was eighteen, and then I didn't smoke weed again until I was like twenty-five. Because it didn't do any favors. So, like, all of the prerequisites for, for Grateful Dead, like, listening or at least, like, the camaraderie and all that shit, um, it, it never it never hit me because I never went. So, I, I don't know. But but that, that begs the, uh, the question, like, this album did fairly well, right? It did okay, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it did okay, which... So, th- this comes on the heels of their... Is this their third record? Or, yeah. Or, okay. So this comes on the heels of a massive failure for them. Like yeah. uh, they 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 lost couple, couple failures. Yeah, they, lo- lost cash. Yeah, like the record label was pissed. Uh, so they come in with this and they're like, "Well, we wavy gravy. We got this sixteen track recorder. I guess uh, we give the record company two records for the price of one, man." And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. But it sells well, and they weren't really touring nationwide at that point, right? Yeah, they were. Were they? Yeah, were, they, yeah. they were all over the country at this I mean, point. Go, or were they, they were they more or less like California was a big deal at this big deal there, okay. but they were still touring. Yeah, but like the idea that like a person would at this point in time grab a Grateful Dead record, a, a band that did bad these past two albums, mm-hmm. and they would put on thirty minutes of Dark Star and be like, "Oh my God, this is the greatest fucking thing I've ever heard." I can't wait to hear what's on side two. Yeah, just. I don't know what was in the water. No. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, it was uh, LSD. It was LSD. Oh. Was in the water. <laughs> well. The merry pranksters who are associated with the Grateful Dead were putting acid in the they were, water. They were dosing people. <laughs> that's it. Um, well, uh, I will say this much for this record because I listened to it on Spotify. Um, the first three songs, even though it takes up like a side and a half, I think, they all flow really well together. Mm-hmm. Which is why, uh, if you were just to skip directly to uh, St. Stephen, it sounds like, wait, 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 and then all of a sudden they start. Mm-hmm. But really, it's the culmination of Dark Star into that, to where it's like directly on the uh, the thing. 
like, I'm not saying that they're not tight at this point in time because mm-hmm. they are, mm-hmm. but the songs aren't good enough to for me to care that they're tight. Yeah, you were talking about uh, the way the songs that flowed together when you're listening to it, streaming it. Whereas if you're listening to it on vinyl, you uh, have to flip the record. <laughs> although this album was released with automatic sequencing, which means disc one had sides one and four. And oh, disc two no shit. had sides two and three, so you could stack them, and you could put them on one of the on record the players that drops them, so it'd play side one, then it would drop side four on top, and then you flip the whole stack, and it would play the the last two sides. Uh, well, shows what the fuck I know. <laughs> but yeah, fir- first, uh, first album to feature a 16-track recording uh, live. Right? Is that yes. is that correct? They were yes. lugging that thing all around San Francisco. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Two drum sets too. Yeah, two six, two drum sets. Track was... Drum sets at least break down into small pieces. This is a sixteen track board. Yeah. <laughs> Up and down some that's stairs. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And yeah, Grady, I'm with you on the like the lilting nature of whatever like this. Uh, like pop music, uh, or uh, I guess I, hi- hippie music, but I really do think that St. Stephen, like as like a little like um, like a hook, that initial thing, I think is fucking great. No, there are, but there it doesn't are, do anything with it. It doesn't, it. It doesn't it do a great thing throughout the album, and in yeah. any of those jams, there's you know even they got really like just noisy and sort of. Oh, there's abstract. a song called Feedback, which surprise, surprise, it's that, just fucking feedback. Yeah. That, yeah, that really is. upset me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I just wrote that next to it. Not just a clever name, I guess. <laughs> knock it off. <laughs> Yeah, what you were talking about before of, of just this kind of being like, right, they blend this this jazz, they blend rock, experimental, blues, you know, all this stuff kind of, they try to meld together, but then it, it just, it's like comfort food because it has like some, he's doing melodic qualities within the music. Empty, but, empty carbs. But it's empty it's carbs. It's empty carbs. Yes, it absolutely. It's something that I just can never get into. It, it It's fine. Pleasant, whatever, but I cannot sit down and listen to this, and I don't think this music is made to sit down and listen to. Yeah, this week we all had to. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, you're. It, it's the experience, you right? You need to be in. It's at, at the, the show. show yeah. For the most part. It's um, the whatever American, you know, hippie movement, the LSD. It's it's music. Sure, there's, there's a lot more to it than just even the music. <laughs> I thought that the Eleven was cool. I like that they played in Eleven. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. Cool. It, they got into a cool groove in eleven, which is not the easiest thing to do. I mean, it doesn't need. But now it, it seems doesn't like need it to be is. ten minutes long. You know, right? No, do you think? 11. Do you think any it of these needs songs? To be eleven minutes long. <laughs> Question: Do you think any of these are the right length? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, but, no. but but not for me. I mean, but maybe for yeah, fucking these people. For I this, don't know. For this, they they are the right length. Yeah.
that you're like, well, you know, uh, when I was a kid, I never went to a Grateful Dead show, as in like we we couldn't, we never experienced it in. Can you imagine if we had and what type of horrible fucking assholes we'd be? Oh, I, I've been to a dead show. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I love you, Grady. So, as a child, I never went to a dead show, but as a child, I was once unknowingly stuck in Grateful Dead traffic in Chicago. <laughs> Same thing. I, I, I was probably eight, eight to ten years old, and we were visiting my parents' friends in oh, Chicago, fuck. and it was one of those station wagons where, like, the back seat faces out the rear yeah. window. Yeah. And we were just, we were just sitting. It was a, the, like, the highway was a parking lot, and there was just hippies just walking everywhere, like, up and down the highway, as if, like, they had, like, a ba- I, I'm probably how, like, you know, the roads leading to Woodstock looked. So we're just sitting in that traffic, and this long-haired dude in tie-dye, <laughs> like, just kind of, like, ambles up to the driver's side window, and my dad rolls down the window, and he's like, yes, sir? <laughs> and this guy goes, you need tickets? And my dad goes, tickets to what? And the guy just has this look that he cannot believe that this dude does not know tickets to what. Like, it's blowing his mind. And he just, like, incredulous, he just goes, dead! And then, like, ambles off. And that was my first impression of the Grateful Dead. This would have been a win. Uh, this was probably... 94, 95? Like, uh, earlier than that. It was probably, like, 91. Oh, yeah. so Jerry's still with him. Oh, oh absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Jerry didn't die until 95. It was late '80s, early '90s. Cause I was I was small enough to be in the back of a station wagon facing rear. Okay. There are cool there are cool parts that happen throughout this, yeah. mm-hmm. but because there's no cohesion or at least like a way to fucking like wrap it in a tiny bow, it, to my ears, you're wasting a cool part. Um, I was gonna say your your brain just loses focus because it's just kind of meandering around certain chord progressions or whatever and then it doesn't have like a dynamic where it brings it up and and goes back down it just now i'm not saying they never do that in a song because they i've listened to to a lot more dead than i want to because my brother's a deadhead i don't need to be wrapped up in a bow but i needed to be have some more dynamics rather than melodic scales around certain comfortable uh, chord progressions. Yeah, with jazz, you're comping all sorts of intricate different chords and moving around, and here we're just comping on, like, one and four and five. And right. It's just... Dude, I just thought of something. Noodling. Noodles. Empty carbs. There you go. Oh, my God. Oh, You've sense. cracked the code. Right? <laughs> uh, the front cover is, is really cool. The front cover is really cool. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I, think it I think the Grateful Dead... Ha- sort of tricked me a bit too when my brother was like grateful dead he was like showing me like the the imagery the imagery it tricked the shit out of me yeah oh my goodness because i thought they were gonna be so tough they had skulls and lightning bolts and skeletons and like these cute bears (laughs) (laughs) instead it's all mixolydian solos Uh, I did like death don't have no mercy which is a reverend gary davis song and i thought they did a that is one song where I listened to and I was like, it has good ebbs and flows. It, it brings up, it, it, you know, it goes back down. It had a good cohesive, you know, narrative throughout that song. Ten minutes long. I thought it was totally fine. And But then it's like feedback. Don't care. Yeah. Uh, turn on your love light. I, I was like, didn't excite me at all. I thought it was a cool transition from uh, the that, 11. But that's their... 
that's their talent, right? Is that they can... Yeah, they make medleys. They make medleys, yeah. <laughs> they make medleys out of songs that are fucking three hours long. Out of elongated songs. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how you medley. No, it's not. So we're going to take the song. But they did that. Play a really long... <laughs> but they, they did... Uh, I mean, they would go into songs and then go into another song in the middle of a song, you know... Mm-hmm. They would throw in another song. Like I've heard bands dolls. do that effectively. Yeah. I, I've I did not hear it do a... Uh, it was not effective on this record. I've heard a live uh, version of Smokey Robinson and the Miracles doing You Really Got a Hold on Me. Uh, you Really Got a Hold on Me. And then halfway through the refrain at the end, they go seamlessly into Bring It On Home to Me. And then go right back and You Really Got a Hold on Me. And that's how you do that. I heard the Ventures Christmas record where they every song starts out as a song and then goes into a Christmas song. That's one of my favorite gimmicks. Oh, yeah. The Ventures Christmas gimmick. <laughs> what is this wipeout? Uh, oh no, shit! It's Frosty the Snowman. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got me. <laughs> another thing I was going to mention, I even though they're they're kind of known for some interesting lyrics with Robert Hunter being their lyricist. Who's not, he doesn't actually perform. He writes lyrics with them, which we'll get to with American. So they got 10 dudes on stage and they got to outsource their lyrics. He's very good though. Sure. Worth it. Pick up a tambourine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think he carry some gear. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe he didn't want to put be, on a bandana. He didn't want to be a mentis. Actually, who would want to be there? I mean, they're touring every night. They're going all over the place. Pirates life's life like, for them. Give he's, me gonna, the he's gonna hang money. out in the Bay Area and just there make money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good point. The the thing about this album is there's two covers and I can't hear, and the other two like barely have lyrics and I don't hear anything. So it it seems like this is a very much presenting live show. That's it. Experience. Yeah. Here's our experience. Come see us live. Seems like almost an advertisement to be like, if you're into this, hey, yeah. if that was a gambit, it worked. Put some yeah. flowers in yeah. your hair yeah, and meet us in San Francisco. with this book about not the dead but the fact that they threw live dead on before they threw on the um, American Beauty but that's because it's chronological no it's not this book has never been chronological at least year to year 69 Mm. and 70 are two different years is it 70 or is it 69 yeah Yeah. ah fuck off yeah got you there at any rate that's a good record I don't think the Grateful Dead should be introduced as a four-sided, 75-minute-long jam session, I think you should be able to at least listen to a good a record songs. of theirs yeah. and then kind of go into the uh, the jam session. I agree with you. 
But I dis- I think I'm on the other side. I think that the this is more true to this their, is true to their live performance and what you would form. what would see well if they want to make a fan out of specifically me yeah and right, me right, right. and rob they're so, doing it wrong <laughs> so once we get to that other one i'm going to be very interested to see everybody's you know opinions on where that falls i think songs are cool yeah and their other albums have they've got you know yeah. songs if you say you like the grateful dead it's it's hard to put that little like but I only like the ones with the songs. That's why I don't say I like the <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I have a ton of facts, but I don't even know if we need to say anything. I do have a quote from Bob Weir, uh, which I always have loved. It says, uh, he says, Deadheads, they're great, but their only problem is that they only listen to the Grateful Dead. <laughs> hey, fair. Dude, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos, Bob Weir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, also, if you ever hear the expression one in three, do you guys know what that means? Uh, what not to clap on? No. <laughs> nice. One and three. <laughs> Thought that's what he said. That's good. Uh, at like Grateful Dead or fans or deadheads. No. So one in three means one in three shows will be magical. Like you'll have the best experience of your life. So you just need to like, listen to So your percentage is 33 and a third, apparently. Well, shit. They missed me on this one, then. Hmm. But I've heard that it, like, went down this key period from, whatever, 67 to 69 or 70 was, like, the period that to see them, and then it got less and less. Oh, you mean as the drug use so, increased? Well, probably. Uh, granted, magical <clears throat> is a strong word, but... If I was in a band, which I have been, I would hope that more than one in three of my shows were well-received. But it's a I would hope that nine out of ten were. It's a, <laughs> it's a different scope when you're, trying, when you're playing music like this, I will say. When it, it, That's true, when everything's when, in, like, when, when you're, transitional improv and do, do you know, all 20, that. When you need to do 20-, 30-minute long they chose their tools. improvisation. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, but this, it just does not have the focus. It does not have it's any not sort It's not contained. It doesn't have it. Contained is not the right word. It doesn't need to be contained. It just needs to have some sort of a larger arc that has some sort of a climax, some sort of catharsis, some something that makes me feel this. There's no, I, I get goosebumps from music really easily, and there was no goosebump mo- moment in this entire album for me. Goosebumps? If that make means yeah, if that means anything, I think, I think it's because yeah. this album doesn't have any just straight ahead. Like there's no song, there's everything is is a jammed out song. There isn't a single. Well, even in those even in those jams, I, I think they're working together. You can you can come to a sort of a improvisationally composed group effort that that yields. There's some payoff. That payoff didn't occur for me with this album. Okay, how do I feel about this? I. Birch, how do you feel about it? I'm going to say negative for me personally, but I think that The Grateful Dead, and it it deserves to be in this book, and they're a very interesting experiment. I like a lot of parts about The Grateful Dead. You guys are probably shocked to hear me say that. No, not at all. But from their taking their own sound speakers, you know, to... Taking their own acid. Taking their... Yeah. (laughs) Breaking their own acid. Uh... But doing, like, tickets direct to fans, you know, they have, like, a very, like, 
punk open recording, policy. open recording, very punk rock attitude with a lot of these things, even though they're nowhere near a, a punk rock band. No, it's like communal though. It's, but it's, I, it's a, that's yeah. But I have they did it themselves. I have the same it. problem that that we've we've laid out before. I like jazz, I like rock and roll, I like blues, and I like experimental music, but somehow they've mashed it into these songs that kind of hover, and I think that's what they're trying to go for. They're trying to go for this like heavy air, ethereal thing that you can listen to and appreciate, mainly while you're stoned or on drugs, uh, but it doesn't cut through to me, and I have, I, I just don't identify with it. It's true. What do you think, Rob? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, fuck you. Uh, no, bring on, right, a, bring man. on American Beauty. So I, I was never been a big fan of the Grateful Dead because uh, I, I haven't been into the whole jam scene. Uh, it's just not my scene. Uh, Carrie and I last year we found like a four hour long episode uh, documentary, and we watched that's like all. Half, that's like half an album. Right, no, wait, but we watched we watched all four episodes, and it, and it told the the like the whole story of the band, and it was fascinating. Like I got I had a whole new respect for the band after watching that. Like uh, that being said, I I'll never listen to this album again. I hated it. What do you think, Grady? Um, this album not my personal cup of tea. Um, I do like some dead. Um, I do like some jam stuff, but not not this album. I do see where. It fits in in the whole trajectory, uh, and, and it, it certainly had, had has a had a, had a very lasting impact. So, <laughs> I really wish Working Man's Dead was on this. I know it's not yeah, at all it like be, this. Though. It's such a damn good album. It should I, be. I wish Touch of Grey was on it, but yeah. you know, whatever. is it not? No, no. In the dark isn't <laughs> going to be on this. I was like, there's like two good. It's songs got their best song on it. No. It is their best song. So apparently, so apparently in the. 80s when touch of gray hit like the charts they got a whole new fan base <laughs> and mm-hmm. that didn't work out very well and everyone said from that point on it was downhill because the new the fucking yuppies they, ruined it yep yeah they yeah. came in and they saw it and they said this is a party now it's you know they they made it its own thing but the old the old deadheads were like this isn't this isn't like what we're about. Is that where Buffett comes in? Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it's same. Like, ah, I got this. I'll take it from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your yuppies. <laughs> <laughs> How you feel about birds? Come on down to the Gulf. <laughs> All right. Next time we'll be talking about the Kinks, Arthur, or the decline and fall of the British Empire. Heck Thanks, y'all. Yeah, dudes. Yeah.